Why do people cheat? What is the causes of divorce? Should couples have joint finances? Who's more vain, men or women? Is bad sex a deal breaker? Polygamy versus monogamy. An all new podcast about the ins and the outs, the ups and the downs of love, lust, and relationships. This is a candid conversation that you definitely want to be a part of. This is just my two cents. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Just My Two Cents. I am your host, Karel, here with my co-host. Kareem, how's everybody doing? And our guest, Miss Brittany Brodus-Smith. Hi, everybody. You got to be a little bit louder so we know you are excited. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey. That's a lot better. Let's hear what the people have to say about the question of the day. This is the QOTD of IG, where we ask the people of Instagram to share your two cents. Today's poll of the day is, is bad sex a deal breaker? So make sure you go on Instagram on just my two cents page and vote what your opinion is. See, I wanted to dive right into this, but I wanted to kind of let you introduce yourself first and what you do, because I'm going to hold my thought, but introduce yourself. Okay. Uh, As you said, my name is Brittany Broda-Smith. I am the founder of The Intimacy Firm, which is a intimacy coaching and sexuality education organization where our mission is to empower individuals to discover, embrace, and navigate their sexual selves without compromising their beliefs. So you're a sex sex coach? I'm I'm an intimacy coach. Okay. And a, uh, I'm a, actually a clinically trained sexologist, ah. but the, in action, I do sex, uh, comprehensive sex education and intimacy coaching. Oh, that's interesting. Which includes sex, but is more expansive than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I booked you, the first thing I thought was, how often do women fake orgasms? Like, is that very common? It is very common. And it's one of, like, my biggest rule number one. Like, I don't care where I am, and I tell it to men and women, like, don't fake. It's one of the most counterproductive sexual activities you can do is faking an orgasm. But there's so much pressure coming into sex, even mm-hmm. to orgasm. Like, you would right. think that the pressure would be on, it's like, in heterosexual relationship for a man to, i.e., give a woman orgasm. Right, but right. That's what I was about to, to say. Experience orgasm. There's a lot of pressure there mm-hmm. as well. Like, they're worth as a woman, as a sexual partner, is tied up into their ability to orgasm. Right. So, okay, now back to the whole faking the orgasm thing. So I know it is a lot of pressure on men to actually, like, you know, have you orgasm. That's a lot of pressure. So how how do, because I honestly, I just learned, I didn't know it was a lot of pressure on women to actually have an orgasm. Didn't know that. So how do you take the pressure out of it from both sides to make it comfortable for the woman to orgasm and make it more pleasurable to actually have sex without having the pressure over your head and not really enjoying it. It's that's literally what it is. Most times we come, a lot of folks come into the experience with in a, with goal oriented. Like mm-hmm. the goal, the finish line mm-hmm. is the orgasm. But if you shift your mindset to the pleasure centered, pleasure focused right. aspect of it, as whatever we do, we're doing it because it feels good. And whether an orgasm happens or not we're still good, that's mm-hmm. how the pressure comes off. You know right. what I mean? Or that's how you release the pressure by right. it. So, so, so can you have good sex without an orgasm? Absolutely. Okay. But 70% of 70% of women don't reach orgasm or climax without clitoral stimulation. Right. But I don't believe that 70% of women in the world would say that they don't have satisfying sex. Right. It's just a matter of making sure you are creating an environment where orgasms are possible. Because it's not a matter of achieving or this even the language we use achieving an orgasm or giving mm-hmm. an orgasm like you can't give your partner an orgasm you what you can do is partner in creating a space where an orgasm is possible you can be responsible for removing certain factors that inhibit mm-hmm. uh, uh, or prohibit excuse me an orgasm but you're not the one responsible for handing down right orgasms. Like, that's not I've good. actually I've learned that this week um about that, I think it was a sex therapist, uh, Shannon Chavez, actually mm-hmm. said that. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly always thought that you give the mm-hmm. woman an orgasm mm-hmm. or she give you an orgasm. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about it that way, which is interesting, though. So 
That was actually a good point, actually. So I yeah. never thought about that. Right, and a lot of language we use about, like, we use a lot of competition, power dynamic, like, end goal, race type of mm-hmm. wording when we talk about sex and sexuality, which always puts us in a place where we have to, we have to show up, we have to perform, we have to win. Right. And that's a lot of pressure because right. the thing is that if there's a if there's a finish line, there's a chance that you can't you can't reach it. Right. And then there's failure. And then folks who like how you function in life with pressure mm. outside of the bedroom is gonna show up in, in the bedroom or bathroom or wherever you are. That's home. interesting. I used to be a big talker in high school. You were like, yo, I'm a tad ass. <laughs> funny though but it was always <laughs> listen no you can ask any man always would, would talk you know talk trash like especially like that, you know thing. yeah, yeah it's an ego thing. thing so you yeah. like so you know now that you know that you can't give a woman an orgasm it's like there's nothing to really be all excited about and talk about and it says like talk trash like you know damn i can't get you you know what i mean no, it's I just mean, you can still talk trash like man i said that when i'm with somebody, I set that scene like, "What? I'll I'll do this. I'll do that." Right. That's what I'm saying. But that's not common talk for uh, folks because okay. it's not connected to what a macho like the masculine right. part. Right now, some women you you mentioned uh, clitoral stimulation. Like yeah. I don't know if all women know this, but some women orgasm through penetration, and some women orgasm through clitoral stim- stimulation. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you know every woman know which one they are mm-hmm. mostly. So it's like. How do you give your partner orgasm if they really don't, like if they can't really like guide you, like you said, you can't give it to them, but they can kind of like set the tone and kind of like guide you. So if they don't know if they're clitoral or penetration, like how do you figure that one out? So most likely there would be, uh, orgasm is supported by clitoral stimulation. Mm -hmm. Most, there are, it's less likely that a, uh, a woman is going to reach a climax by uh, penetration alone. Mm. Now, there is possible because um, depending on the type of sex that you're having, if they are stimulating the G spot, mm. which is which a lot of people believe is like the underside of the clitoris, because the clitoris mm. it extends inside the body. Most mm. people just know it's that part that sits outside right. the vulva, but it really it's like a wishbone and sits and extends inside the body on either side of the labia. And a lot of people believe that when you're stimulating the G spot that you're actually stimulating the underside of the or the roots of the clitoris. So there's there's certain positions that you can do that can aid in that way, but most likely statistics show that clitoral stimulation is necessary because the clitoris doesn't do anything. The literal only function of the clitoris and all eight thousand nerve endings is pleasure. Damn. Just like I something. read that um, <laughs> in the book, she comes first. Mm-hmm. It has, the clitoris has eighteen parts. I have that book. Mostly are I read it because you have it on Audible. No, I don't have it on Audible. I don't know who downloaded it on there. Uh, I have the physical copy. I thought no. you did. Nah, I didn't. But I did listen to it mm-hmm. on there. But um, yeah, you talk about a lot of that stuff in your your new e guide, understanding intimacy. What what made you write that? So a lot of the work that I do is with um, Christians or folks who uh, mm-hmm. go to church and believe in Jesus Christ. And I feel like that that population, that group, and me included as a Christian, we aren't really included in the conversation of sex positivity, right. yes. intimacy, That's and things surprising. like that. And we don't really, and because we're not included in the conversation, education is not readily available mm-hmm. to us. And then sometimes some folks, some groups of us feel like having those certain conversations is going to lend itself to fornication. It's like mm-hmm. we can't talk about it until mm-hmm. we get married and then we get married and we don't know what the heck is going on. Right. And so my, my motivation for writing Understanding Intimacy was number one, to help shift the dynamic and bring the conversation of sex and intimacy out of the shadows to debunk some of the myths about intimacy because right now, most commonly, intimacy and sex are synonymous and interchangeable. And mm-hmm. although sex can be intimate, sex is not the sum total of right. intimacy. And a lot of times, language and your mindset and how you understand certain concepts will shift your expectations. So mm-hmm. not knowing these things, you come in with these expectations or a, a good another sexologist friend of mine, uh, Dr. Donna, says sex expectations. You're, you set your sex expectations based on erroneous information and then you live your life unfulfilled when just basic education can help shape, uh, change the dynamic. But I, and I also wanted just to connect it to a lot of times people separate sex from God. Mm. And sex, for me, my understanding is that it's a gift that God gave us. Yes. And sexuality and spirituality are inextricable. So. Praise, 
preach. So that's the thing. So it's like it's like sex is like a hard topic to discuss in relationships, which I really don't. I honestly don't understand why because it's like you're having sex most of the time, premarital sex. You're having kids out of way a lot. So it's like. Listen, my kids, listen, my kids, listen, my kids, my kids was born in my marriage. So praise the Lord. But no, it's just like people actually do all these things, but they're afraid to have the conversation about sex. So it's like, how do you bring that up in a relationship? And it's not that, I guess for most men, if you, if, if a conversation comes your way about sex, the first thing is going to be hurt is your ego because you're thinking instantly that it's something about you when necessarily it's not. So how should we gonna do it from how should a woman approach her boyfriend or her husband about you know sexual issues? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that it's bad, but right. I mean, well, you know what? I wouldn't even say that we have to separate it between mm-hmm. a woman or a man or a husband or doing it separately because the thing is that the conversation is you approach it just like you do anything else. When you sit down and manage your budget, right? When you sit down and decide whose house you're going to for right. Thanksgiving. How we going we have two thriving families. How are we gonna navigate holidays? Like these greens are better. This one makes better potatoes. I like whatever the details of it is. Right. And we we so easily have those conversations, but as you said, we don't have the conversation about sex as often. And it really should be that common mm-hmm. because it's something that is so important. Like you say, you're having sex, you're having children have the conversation or continue to be the uh, alternative is continue to be unfulfilled. Right. But there are folks, I know like women in particular who will, uh, for example, I know of a, a particular woman who um, enjoys oral sex in a certain way. Like she wants, um, she wants oral sex and she also wants digital penetration during. Okay. And she now for a long time, she would lay there like enjoying what was happening, but wanting a little bit more, but lay there in her mind. Like I wish she would just put his finger which she his finger, and but would never say it, and when and then all and then one one day when she got the courage, if you will, to say it, the, her husband got upset about it because, right. like you said, he felt like it wasn't something that he was doing. Uh, he was it was something that he was doing wrong, but there was they had to have really a deep conversation about okay, here's what I want. And a lot of times there was supported by the fact that she was pooping and hollering and moaning, mm-hmm. and it wasn't really authentic. Right. So he was all built up the. I, Kill it every time. <laughs> this is my go-to move. Right. And now, like, and see, you switching up on right. me. Right. See, now, is it better to not even necessarily have those conversations, but is it better for her to have guided him during the sex? She'll act like, you know, put your finger in, mm-hmm. and then once he see that she's enjoying it, mm-hmm. you can kind of like, well, babe, after you know, after sex, like, babe, I like that. Can right. we continue to right. do it? I would imagine it depends on the person. Though, right, 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 right. But and you know, some people. Some people can't. Some, number one, some people can't. Not even about an ego thing. Some people can't just take directions on oh, the fly. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I need yeah. to know coming in right. what what is expected of me. So you throw a, if you throw something like that, right, that's right, a curveball right. and that throw me off. And so it really, like you said, it really just depends on the person because some folks we can pregame this and right. let you know what you know what the strategy is. Right. Some folks can like if it if it's that moment, you can even make that a thing like let's. Tonight we're mm-hmm. going to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything unless you right. instruct me to do it. Then that helps give you know develop your own sexual right. language as a couple. Right. And then some folks you have to, you know, something you can guide or like. I know some women are like try to scoot to the left right. and get it. And then for my thing, I'm just like, yo, just say what you got to say. Like, right. But right. it right. doesn't always work all the time, depending on like egos or whatever right. personality right. traits. Like it just it's difficult, but. To answer your question, just my, I always would just speak up for what you want, mm-hmm. and you know your partner, you know how they receive information, you right. know whether in the moment of work, you know whether hey we're at dinner and there's no pressure, we're just having mm-hmm. a conversation. And another um, sexologist friend, my sexologist Shamira, she has a deck of cards called Use Your Mouth, mm-hmm. and it's a deck of cards. It's like we play it like a game, and you is those specific questions that help facilitate that conversation in like a non-threatening way it'll mm-hmm. say what's something you want me to know about you sexually mm. what is what do how do you like to feel before we have sex what's one of your turn-offs what's one of your turn-ons and the thing that a lot of times couples will play that game and stuff will come out that they never knew about it's like i mean i really don't like when you put your tongue in my ear and i'm like what i've been putting my tongue right. in your ear for 40, 14 years right. i'm like yeah but i hate it but right. that's because you never had that, that conversation but that goes back to you saying set the environment because right. The card thing seems like a genius idea so to play and is a playful manner yeah. in your learning things versus yeah. some people just won't have that conversation yeah. though. Like if I ask you something 
and you be like, well, I don't know, and you can't tell me, then mm-hmm. it's it's like, what do I do moving mm-hmm. forward? So mm-hmm. that I actually might gotta look into those cards. Oh, That's yeah. actually a pretty good, on the, pretty good trick. Uh, OnTheGreenCouch.com. That's where you go, and she has a sale actually going on right now. And she has a it's the cards and a book that she wrote to go like a com- the company with. It's like really dope. And so it's that's a non-threatening approach. Mm. But sometimes for some people, the game you may not take it seriously because it's you know mm-hmm. it's a game. Right. But it's like when you think about if you ask yourself your partner question, they're like, I mean, I don't know. A lot of times, sometimes they don't know, but sometimes what they don't know is how you're going to react to what I'm about to say. Right. And so that's what causes them to shut down because it's like I know what I want to say, but if I say I don't like this move that I've been. For yeah, listen. Time. Time. <laughs> like six wins. That's the finisher. That's the finisher. And I'm like, that finisher is dumb. Listen, you can't. But you love you it. Can't. You love. You look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you but can't you love tell it, me. and I just want. And I was just doing it for you. And right. That can, like, that can shift a lot of dynamics, like especially folks come in and really just understanding that every sexual encounter is unique. Yes. And granted, you this is your partner, this is your and marital relationship, this is your husband, your wife. You know what works for them at times. So certain right. things you can certain go tos you can have. Right. However, give always be in a space of learner. Always never get right. so comfortable that you like, I know what I'm doing and then right. um stop this um wanting to have the conversation right. with your partner about what they like, what they like. Especially when you've been in relationships for years and years and years. Right. Things change. Bodies change. Yes. Sensitivities change. There's like I know uh, like women who um whose um breasts were really sensitive and mm-hmm. really a big erogenous zone. Then they had children and they breastfed for years and now they like don't ten, touch like tin soles, <laughs> like the soles of tin, yeah, like hard right. rubber, and it really doesn't mean anything. Or you have to put a, apply a little bit more pressure mm-hmm. to that. And the thing that when women don't, or people in general don't know their own body, mm-hmm. it's hard to convey to your partner what you like and what you don't like. Because the expectation is that a good lover will know what to do right. without any contribution, right. yeah. and that's incorrect. Well, do you think that it's common that people don't know what they like? I think that. I mean, I think they don't know what they like if they never experienced it. So I think there's like the world of sex is so vast that they don't know what they could be right. into. So until they just try or something. Right. Until you try it. But I think that some folks have like really like hard lines. Like I know what my nose are. I mean, oh, yeah. oh yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. I my know nose, what my yeah. nose And a lot of times <laughs> people know that's based on what they heard. Mm-hmm. And if they really experienced right. the nose, it might like blow your mind. Like I know a lot of men are like, Absolutely nothing around. Nothing around the booty side. hole. Right. Nothing. But the thing is that your prostate <laughs> is reached through your anus, and that's the male G spot. So it really could like blow your mind. And some dudes like, I'm not trying to hear that. Guess you, you won't be hitting my right. G spot <laughs> no time soon. So, so until I'm it, until like, I'm fifty. Right. So there are people who have like their mm-hmm, pineapples. I'm not doing right. That, like, right. That's right. out. But there's times where I find it more often that. People know what they like, mm-hmm. but they're just afraid of possible judgment mm-hmm. or what you would think of me. Or if I want to try mm-hmm. something and we haven't tried all this time, like some folks like get real weird. Like, mm-hmm. why you want to do that now? Who you and then like, right? Now, who you who, learning who you from? Right, from? Right, 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 like, right, okay. right, right, like, right. I've read a book. Like it, that's, that's it's tough. Sometimes. So how open should people be with exploring? Uh, their sexuality, not their sexuality, mm-hmm. but what they like in bed, mm-hmm. as far as like. Can like quantify it, but I think that if you are in a committed, like you know, specifically a, ma- a marital relationship, mm-hmm. and y'all are you know becoming one and sharing everything, you may, I'm not that's not to say that you should be open to everything, but at least open to the discussion and be able to say if it's something that you're interested in, express mm-hmm. that to your partner, and then your partner opening themselves to say, hey. That's not something I'm into because of X, Y, and Z. Because a lot of times people are like, no, I'm not doing it. And right. don't get, and then shut it down right there. And that's right. kind of one of the barriers to intimacy mm-hmm. that we're not having that conversation. Because a lot of times what our hardline boundaries are is connected to some kind of vulnerability. Right. And some kind of fear or sometimes some kind of trauma and things like that. And you should let your partner in on those things and then give a little space to try and maybe, and just be open to like, okay, I'll try it. But if I don't like it, we stop it. Right. And so there's like those kind of conversations. It's not really something that I can quantify. Like you should be able to do whatever because everybody's limit right. is different. Like, you know, from vanilla to needle play or fire play or scat right. play. And I'm like, 
you know, whatever your whatever your jam is, but <laughs> at least be open to having the conversation. If there's conversations that are off limits, then that's more of a problem than activities that are off limits. Because if you're willing to share your body, you should at least be open to say what you do, like what you don't like. Right. Or, I mean, it, it, like you right. said, it don't make no sense not to because then you're unple- unsatisfied right. or unfulfilled right. when you could have just had this conversation. I mean, for most men, regardless, it might be like an ego blow at first. But as long as you talking sex mm-hmm. and we get to try something, mm-hmm. I'm going to try it. Like, you mm-hmm. might hurt me, but now it's like you cuddle with me a little bit when you say we're going to have sex and we're going to try something tonight. <laughs> like, I don't, look, I don't care. Hurt me and then just cuddle me later on. I mean, that's cool. Well, it's awful. And the thing is that that's not, you'll find that that's not even, like, only men. Like, there are a lot of women who are unfulfilled and not wanting to have that conversation or don't know how to approach the conversation right. and they like are in kind of in isolation because society says it's the man that always is chasing the man's always wants them and it's the woman that always have a headache but there's women that go home at night where they're pursuing um their spouse and they're like no I'm not, yeah no I'm not tonight yeah i've mm-hmm. i've known somebody who did that and it just be it's mind-blowing to me <laughs> when i hear that it's women approaching the men and the men don't want to have sex. I'd be like, but of course, like you said, you can't be closed minded because the first things that come to my mind when, when things like that happen, it's either, you know, either he's cheating or, you know, there's something else sexuality wise. And you just thinking different, but I, I, I honestly can't understand it. But again, not being closed minded, I know that it happens to women. So of course it happens to us too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might not, might not always want to be in, you know, always in a mood, but I, I'm not, I never turned it down. Not that I know of. Right. I've never turned it down. So over time, people who've been in long relationships, <clears throat> why, why could I put this? So what happens over time with sex? Why does it like dwindles down over the years? Like once you become married, it seemed like. Because kinda. sex becomes one of those things that we kind of, and like really like sex and even just like sharing a space mm-hmm. becomes one of those things that we just take for granted and becomes expected. So you stop, like if it's a plant, you stop watering right. it because you just expect like some cactuses that you really don't do much to it so it's just going to be there. And then one day you look up and it's like, I didn't know cactuses could die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still have to tend yeah. to it in whatever the way it is. It's kind of one of the things that becomes expected and available y'all get into a rut or a routine and then routines become monotonous and monotony becomes boring and then it's like yes but just because it dwindles it doesn't mean that it can't be revived no 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 nobody oh no for sure i'm not saying that it can't but again you have to have the communication and be able to understand what made it dwindle in the first place so you can kind of figure out What's going on? Because from a man's perspective, when you look at it like that, and you know you're you're always pursuing sex, you're constantly getting shot down. It's like after a while, it's like, well, what's going on? You you want to figure it out, mm-hmm. but if we're not having a conversation, then mm-hmm. I can't figure it out. So after a while, you get frustrated. So then you start to lose interest and in mm-hmm. even pursuing. Mm-hmm. So it happens so for that- sure. It definitely happens. And one of the things I would say is when you use the word like dwindle, looking at are we talking about the quantity or are we talking about the quality? Or is it something all all altogether different where we've been rocking consistently like this for a while, but now you your tastes have changed and now you've not shared your new expectations. So now when you're you know looking at it on your, your new metric system, like, okay, it's not adding up. Okay, I, I would say the quality. You're not getting it enough, but at the same time, like you said, over time, well, quantity. Sorry, not the quality, but no, 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 quantity. But over over time, though, you do acquire a new taste, and it's not that you learn it from other people, but you just become, you know, curious. You know what I mean? So you want to try some things. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, when you're when you're not getting it, and you're not trying it, so then it's definitely hard. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating, of course, Mm -hmm. from a man. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you fix those things? And so the que- I, I would ask the question of whichever partner is in a space where they feel like their expectations are not being met is check their own self to say, am I asking what's going on when you say I'm trying to figure it out? Are mm-hmm. you trying to figure it out to get your your needs met or are you trying to figure it out because you want to understand what your spouse, the experience of your spouse that right. is causing them to act in this way or withdraw from you in this way? 
and then from there because the thing is that there's a difference between the sexual activity and the sexual relationship mm. and so if the sexual activity may be dwindling or shifting in the current circumstance because uh, relationships go through phases right. you go up and down and it, it happens it's just like the ebb and flow when you're doing life with somebody everything not going to be all rose petals right, and right, right. and so just figuring out what you know no number one noticing that there's a shift that's mm. already seen that you're paying attention which is right. a good yeah, thing and then yeah. say hey like you know what you seem you seem different you seem distant the last couple of times i've you know i've tried this and you've responded in this way you know it's something going on something you need to talk about like take right. you off the table for a for a minute right and then be able to really step into his partner's world and say hey what's i see you know something's going on mm. we're not connecting in the way that we used to as opposed to like I, you know, knock one off and have me like, yo, what's up? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because that'll make them shut down anymore, even more. Like, some partners can feel like if you're only talking to me and trying to figure out what's going on because you want to get more sex, you're objectifying me. Like, right. you, know, you don't really care. And what and I that's do. one of the things. Like, I know, I know, you know, over time you go through pregnancy, bad times, so things, the connection changes. So that's the most important part that I think with the whole trying to get the sex back on track is the connection mm -hmm. because that connection, you, you know, sure. affects everything. Sure. And it's not even just sex, like that connection helps. So it's like, that's the most important part to me. And just trying to understand from the women, of course, like, well, what's going on? Of course there's the pregnancy. You know, some people say after you have kids, things die down, things like that. The schedule of life, of course, so then it becomes, okay, it's not that because I don't want to always touch you in a sexual way, like, you know, touch you to want to have sex, but that connection allows you to touch them in a more intimate way. So that's the part, like I said, communication is, is key. So you have to be able to discuss those things, but if you can't, then where, where are you left? Where, Right, and the thing might even boil down to asking the right questions. Right. A lot of couples talk all the time, but they ain't saying nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you got to ask the right questions and, find, and feel like if those questions aren't being... Because a lot of times, what we want, what we need, and what we want to happen don't always align. And it may seem confusing to a partner on outside looking at who's just trying to fix it. Hmm. And so when we're looking at like intimacy, is like digging in to the world and seeing beyond what's being said right. and then also at the on a, on a reciprocal end like showing what you're hiding like be like allowing them for that vulnerability and to be intimate is vulnerable and so if it's a matter of you know a person who's tired all the time and then that's working against their pride that's a lot of women have like this superwoman confidence where they can right. do everything i don't need you i got this but then really like soon as they walk out the door like dying inside because they have <laughs> 17 things to do and there's a lot of pressure to perform and show up and things like that. And you don't want, nobody, I don't think in their heart of hearts wants to disappoint their spouse, wants to, you know, sometimes you'll be talking heavy through text all day mm -hmm. and then you get home and didn't expect to be as wore out <laughs> as you were. <laughs> be talking all that smack. Talking heavy. <laughs> Little fizz, and then fizz right? As soon, <laughs> soon as you get in the door, them kids start pulling on you. It's a whole nother right. ball game. And so when you think like there's simple things like like love languages, where you mm -hmm. look at how your partner feels love, and that's one of the, uh, one of the other questions that um, Shamara has in her deck is like, how do you like to feel appreciated? Right. And so a lot of times, like that mental fatigue will wear you out even more. And simple things like, are we going to be like, and you're not doing it because you just want to have sex, but like. I know I could tell by your mannerism that you had right. a long day. Like I'll grab, I'll take care of dinner. I'll you know wash the dishes. I'll put the, or even like simple stuff. If you got multiple kids, like yo, leave mommy alone. Because sometimes dads <laughs> saying that well, kids don't listen to moms. That's just the bottom line. Don't listen to us either sometimes. <laughs> but even this like yo, we get ready to take them for a ride and giving them ten minutes right. to sit there. Like if that's what they need. Like when you look at. And like you said about, I don't want to just touch you right. when you want to have sex. Like somebody whose love language is physical touch. Mm. If the only time you come at them to touch them is because you want something, mm. that's going to be the opposite of what they need. So really like, have, like laying out the conversation, not allowing the partner to like kind of back out. But then also your partner has to be willing to dig into the conversation right. with you. And then yeah. think about what how you're contributing to the environment. Like, why can't we have this conversation? Like, right. what about our relationship dynamic makes this topic off limits? Yes. And it may not be you two specifically. It could be, like, some past family stuff. Like, oh, his family never talked about sex, so he ain't going. Like, it's one of those things. Because like, a lot of times, sex is just something that 
we let happen to us. It's not something that we like participate 100% in. Interesting. If we shift our dynamic and make it a something that we participate in and we show up for, then some of the other things will shift. Huh, that's pretty good. So now, as far as, um, I think when we did the Choose the Love weekend here, mm-hmm. I think you you facilitated that. Mm-hmm. And I like you said, writing some stuff out, we did write on cards. Mm-hmm. What we do, I think we did love language on the cards mm-hmm. and something that, that they, that we... Our partner probably we thought that y'all us. right that y'all mm-hmm. thought that that something about sexually that we thought y'all like but y'all didn't or something like that. Don't just and just don't. We're like don't. Yeah, that, that was it. that one. <laughs> that was that one. Yeah, that one was actually good. That was actually a good game. But now, as far as scheduling sex, mm-hmm. what are your I'm thoughts on that? <laughs> we have to like when you live like if you are young and you don't have no kids and y'all the work similar schedules right. and y'all both get off at five o'clock home by five thirty you don't really have a schedule but when right. you have work two different schedules kids are in all kinds of situations like you have extracurricular like these and things like that you got to make a plan for it and I actually think that that's sexier because it's prioritizing it's right. saying this is important like you right. putting on it and it makes it but <laughs> what. The issue with the with, only issue with scheduling it is that if you schedule it and it keeps getting moved, right. then that's that's a problem because then the person who prioritized it is gonna feel rejected. Right. Yeah. Right. That that give me a little pep in my step knowing I'm coming home. It's my night. I'm, I'm right. gonna I'm get. About you know that. what I mean? Right. It's 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 interesting to do for sure because I've heard a lot of people say that. And one of the things that I did you did mention last time was maybe waking up a little earlier. Before the kids um, get up and have sex, I, I think we've tried that a few times after mm-hmm. after the love weekend. It was cool to me. Like I, she enjoyed it too, but I liked it. I like getting up. I mean, you be fatigued by like twelve. Yeah, right. you a little pep in your step. You right. you be around the house getting everybody dressed. <laughs> come on, let's go. For real, let's go. like come on, let's go, let's go. let's go. We moving out. For real, like, and it's just one of those things, like. You know, it, it does help your day go a lot better, yeah. especially going out, you know, knowing you just, or, you know, got one off before you go face <laughs> the world. I would prefer it to be spontaneous, but I know firsthand how hard spontaneous sex can be. Yes. Because it's just not enough hours in the day, right. so sometimes it don't happen. And to me, day, days feel like days, but to Gerald days feel like weeks or months <laughs> and it's like well damn and I'd be like nah it, it, it ain't even been that long but it, it does though it's like well wow it's but I, I think you can schedule and still keep the spot spontaneity Absolutely. in because you'll have that certain schedule whatever day you choose and then some things in between that you can kind of do like and little quickies because they don't always have to be they don't have to be and it, yeah. it, it doesn't always have to be penetration there that too. Like, and that's also. A I part like giving of, head. I'm, that's, I, that's just my okay, thing. And that's a part of uh, that's a part of intimacy. Like if you you don't have you only got fifteen minutes or you just lay them down for the nap and you know that they only nap for right, thirty minutes right. anyway. And if you run up sit and do like a, dr- a drive by or right like, right real, right like don't even say nothing like bam Listen. and then walk out like oh, I'm about to go to the market and they like gotta wipe that? my face first like, but I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, for it. and so, like, like those little things can happen. Those little spot, um, spontaneous ways can happen if we shift our thought of what sex is. Because a lot of times, right. sex has to be at nighttime. It has to be in the dark. It got to mm. be penetration. Right. It has to have foreplay. Like, if we have to expand our view yeah. of what sex can be, particularly in that kind of relationship. And when it comes to scheduling, even that can be spontaneous. If Wednesdays are y'all days mm. and kids are in bed by eight thirty. Yeah phone on do not disturb either we eating out or i got leftovers from next day so it's not a whole lot of extra activities or whatever and 8 30 on is, yeah, is us listen. time then what happens just because yeah. you know at it's gonna happen something right gonna happen, you don't know what. i might hit you at 8 31 you never know it's right. spontaneous and Come, make, right and never y'all know. Even have to wednesday one person is going to be the Wednesday the initiator captain. too. Right, right. We go right. Wednesday captain. How you can it could be you know how, uh, when fancy. I think that's a good idea. You remember when on uh, Jamie Foxx when fancy they didn't go they couldn't go away but she uh, turned their whole apartment right. into like a, a, mm-hmm. a 
Caribbean getaway. Right, like right, stuff right. like that. Like See, you know, you don't know what you're walking into, especially like you know. I listen. Wednesday, ca- I, I just came listen. with that right just now, and Wednesday captain sounds like a listen. <laughs> Wednesday like, captain is great because <laughs> listen, I seen a post that said. um Men men do like to just you know turn over and fake sleep while you tug on our underwear or whatever. I mean, listen, some listen. We like for you to initiate because, like I told uh, the fellas before, like sex for us when you initiate it, it kind of it's not like it's just a sexual act. Like we just want to get off. Like it's more of a connection, more Mm -hmm. of a you still into us kind of thing when you initiate it. So it's it's different. It's not like you know you just. Come on, whatever. But you initiating it, you know, that's that's a turn on right there. Like, you know what I mean? Plus, you know, you give a man something the night before, you see how he wake up the next day, like he on the right side of the bed. I'm telling you. It's it's always different. You wake up different, you feel better. But sex is not just uh uh, you know, just the wham bam thinky ma'am kind of thing for men. And that's what some women, I don't know if all, but some women may think that. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's more of a, a connection that we feel from you. I think it might be the approach mm. um, that makes women feel like that sometimes. Mm. But I guess with that, I mean, every everybody, every relationship right. is different. Yeah, different. And um, you can't be uncomfortable with the approach. I mean, it's, listen, you got to practice. If you're not used to approaching your man for it, mm-hmm. just practice. I mean, and the thing is that it doesn't have to... I think that it's more... Again, I, I maintain that it's not just a, a man thing. Like it's, you know, right. it's, it's women experience it as well. And also, I don't. I, I think it's a societal thing that not what you just said and how you know I feel like you still want me. You still right. miss me. I want you. Like that's not common language. Like men don't readily. You don't see in society where where uh, men are fed. Men are uh, promoted as these like savage beasts that right. just need it, and they're not looking at. They're not wanting a the connection. They just want to get off, and then that be it. Yeah. But a lot of times, men are saying, "Do you still like do like when they say, yo, like why well, I gotta be the one to initiate?" Right. It's saying like, "Do you even want to? Like, do you want to do this?" Because compliance. Nobody likes compliance sex. Compliance sex is whack. Right. Like nobody wants that. Yes. And so when you think about. Um, <coughs> I was watching the uh, podcast the other day, and she was talking. Um, they were talking about like it's just the language from higher desire, low desire to pursuer and distancer. And so they talked about the the distancer, like the one who's not as readily a bit like willing to make right. that move towards sex. Mm-hmm. It's often like they're often really sensitive and defensive because they don't have it in their heart to want to disappoint the pursuer who right. is their their partner. So if you shift the context of what initiating looks like mm-hmm. because for a distancer they may not always be the one that's like come here or tugging on the underwear that's not they may not that may not be a part of their makeup but mm-hmm. they were talking about on a podcast how when it's time when it's somebody if the husband says oh, i'm going to bed she'll be like are you gonna get in the shower and get in the shower that's her saying i, want I to was just shower. about to say and that. that count and that and for him he's like mm-hmm. i was and just about to say the that. same response and happiness and joy like oh right. she still want to do it is the same thing as if she would have tapped over right. the shoulder or like... Right, and that's the thing. Like, initiating, it doesn't always mean you have to physically touch me. Right. Like, I told my wife, just give me a hint. Like, right. even if you back up in bed a certain way <laughs> or if you have something on, you right. know what I mean? That's right. certain and I'll see it and you're like, all right, well, you know what I mean? I know what that means. What that means. Right. So it's not always a physical you touch me, just a hint. And like you said with the shower, like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to go shower. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be out in two minutes. Already got it. <laughs> right. So it's not always a physical thing, just a hint. And it helps mm-hmm. so, for sure. So, I mean, it, it definitely helps. So what you got? In your um, in your e-guide, you said that it is four, it's, it's four types of intimacy, emotional, intellectual, sexual, and spiritual. Do you think that they are all like equal? Or is one more important than the other? Um, so it's like it's actually more like seven, but I only like went into four mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. But I think that they are in love of importance. I think they are equal. equal. If you, you know, if you want, I think that just a matter of depending on the type of relationship. Okay, would be 
which one comes first mm-hmm. and whether you have all of them. Like I would, I, I would, I maintain that a marital relationship should have a little bit of all of them. Mm-hmm. But then there are, in, like intimacy is not germane to a romantic, romantic relationship. Like you are, mm-hmm. have intimate relationship with your children, you have intimate relationship with your pastor, you have business partners that you are, you know, intimate with because when you start co-mingling money, like that's right, an yeah. intimate you know, experience <laughs> when you ask somebody to pray for you and you sharing it like what what you need prayer for, right. like that's you know that's intimate and it really is just like those spaces where you show yourself a hundred and a hundred and ten percent and not hiding anything. So I think it is important, like emotionally, how can we engage one, with one another mm-hmm. truly if you're not telling me what's up? Spiritually, how can we you know build and if particularly in marriage, if marriage is your first ministry, like if we're not connecting that right. way, how do we, you know how we know physically? Physically is not just sexually. Physically is like proximity. Like, are you like some people are very particular about their mm-hmm. their um, personal space. Like they're mm-hmm. like, oh, like why are you so close to me? So then, if I'm one of those people, but I let my partner sit right next to me, put their leg on mm-hmm. me, that's that's me being vulnerable because that's na- in my natural resting state. Makes that's sense. not you know comfortable for me. And so being able to recognize on the other end, like yo he or she doesn't like this. So the fact that my leg is on him or her and they're not saying anything, I must, that shows a closeness and a connection right, right there. Huh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Never thought of it that way, actually. So does foreplay matter? Yes. Yes. For, yes and, yes and no. So foreplay matters because, um, for women, like a lot of times it takes them like up to 10 minutes to right. get in a space. So mentally they could be ready to go, but sometimes it takes, it mm-hmm. takes a while for their physical body to right. catch up. Where men, like when they're aroused, the, you know, the circulation happens, the erection happens. We don't respond ne- necessarily that way. So sometimes foreplay sets the scene for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. However, foreplay also could just be play because sometimes for like what you what we consider foreplay, like the mm. oral sex, the petting, and all that, may just be it. And that's another thing where we look at it as a race thing, like a start and finish. When we look at it like that, then right. it kind of puts adds more more pressure because then it's foreplay. How long is it supposed to last? When can we, you know, when can we start? And then when it and then most a lot of times, if a man uh, who's who's a refractory period is like really long, then once they finished then that's the end of it but then sometimes because the woman her her arousal was a little bit delayed right, right he's right. ready to go to sleep and she's like right it's right, just up right you know because so, nah. sometimes foreplay may happen at what we consider foreplay may happen at the end it mm. may you know we may have to switch it so that once he's finished then you know try to set that in so that you all are both going to sleep at the same time it just depends on on the, on the couple, but for mo- for most cases, because clitoral stimulation is important, and you just want to like you don't want to just dive right. in there. Uh, yeah, I, I think it matters because I like to do it, so it's right. just. <laughs> I mean, and then foreplay looks different, right? It could be like we, like you said, we've been we've been talking heavy right. all day, like text mm-hmm. messaging all day on the phone right. all day, yeah. like that's it. So that we already, and if if you respond in that way, you may not be a person who needs necessarily needs to respond physically. Like, right. That mm-hmm. talking and that texting. Rev you up. As soon as we got home, the kids will be <laughs> home in 10 minutes. We may be able to dive right in, but that counts as that what you've done. It's like right. anything that you do to prepare the environment is is good. Yeah, I remember before I used to text my wife when she was at work and be like, you want to meet me at the house for the cable man coming? And we, <laughs> and we used to meet at the house. So it's like those things, I mean, of course, you can't always do that, but mm-hmm. that's some things that keeps things spontaneous mm-hmm. and it keeps it fun. You know, so you just never know. So I, I think it's important. I like foreplay, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just one of those things for me. And like, and even like little stuff when looking at intimacy, like that inside mm. thing that y'all had about the cable man, like right. that was y'all thing, and that was that bond you got. I know probably no, we are gonna say it anyway. <laughs> Ours was. I think I want some cake batter. <laughs> cake batter. I and I'm like, and, but I can say that in a room of ten people. And like it sounds like one time I said that and it was like the uh, girl that I was with she was like yo I love eating cake better on the phone like it's so good and I was like it sure is and my husband was on the other side like losing his mind like cracking up and I was just like oh my god like, I was trying to pull out of the conversation. I think that's common though like a lot of people have little codes. secret codes mm-hmm. like couples and stuff. Mm-hmm. I used to ask or he would ask like if we wanted barbecue chips. That BC, <laughs> 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 Dang, I want some barbecue chips. 
And if we have in the room and y'all hear it, just right. ignore us, okay? I'm gonna be like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fight that <laughs> That's funny. But no, you gotta do things, you know, especially being in a relationship for so long. Yeah. The kids yeah. come, you be waiting to kick them out. And I mean, my kids, like, they just, and probably your kids too, they just bust in anywhere. You can have the door locked and they, 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 listen, they squeeze the damn, turn the knob so hard that the door opens. So it's just crazy. So like you said, you don't want to always limit it to sex, but I mean tonight, because you start winding down, it's like, now it becomes like a, a, a a obligation in Mm -hmm. a sense versus Mm -hmm. it being actual sex is like all right well come on like, let's get it done do like, right it's something that you get to do mm-hmm. as opposed to something that you gotta do right, right. and it doesn't have to we put like because of the shame that's attached to sex we connected to nighttime we connected with the lights out right we under the covers and like right. everything they like as like as if we're not supposed to do it's like our like dirty yeah. little secret but mm-hmm. that's not really particularly like you know, for uh, Christian folks, like we, God gave us this. Like, yes, He wants you to. You know, <laughs> I think it should be talked about more in church than yeah, anywhere else. Sure. You for know sure. what I mean? Said, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you gonna multiply if you ain't right. But that's just the <laughs> you ain't doing part it. Of it because it also it's also intended for partnership. And when you look at like the Bible says, it talks about sex in a number of ways. It says um, to lie with to go into or to know. It said David lied with Bathsheba. Mm. And you know the David and Bathsheba, that whole scandal. Right. And then it says a man will go into a prostitute. But Adam knew Eve, his wife. So the thing that isn't, sex mm-hmm. is not something that you just do by heaven. Every once in a while you just knock one on one about your business. And that's the freedom that we have. But the purpose of, even when the, the becoming of one and all of that, that's how we bond. That's how we right. grow. That's how we connect. That is like, it doesn't get more vulnerable than being literally being yeah. inside someone or having someone like inside of you and they right like <laughs> and like so the thing that and that's what intimacy is being naked even if you don't have your clothes on right. like really just being bare in front of the person and then also the pleasure part like in a proverb it says rejoice in the wife of your youth may her breast satisfy you always may you be ever intoxicated with her love so you know that's funny because I I was listening to a podcast I think I was listening to the love hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the With other Cam day. on stage. Yeah. And he was saying that was one of That was nice. Yeah, yeah you gotta I let me know what episode. It. It's, it was called King Christians Masturbate or Should Christians Masturbate? Oh, I got I got to go back and listen that. to that one because <laughs> I did not. I just started listening oh, yeah, to that I'm one. Probably I'm probably like three episodes in, like on a new one. But yeah, they wild. I didn't hear that episode, <laughs> but I was just about to ask you. Like, so many people associate masturbation with like wrong it's mm-hmm. a sin you shouldn't do it mm-hmm. or even um sex isn't meant to be pleasurable it is mm-hmm. for procreation like what what should take what no that i mean no, that is a, a lot of people especially christians yeah that is like a that. long-standing belief that sex is for procreation wow. only and a lot of folks marriages who once they're beyond childbearing age they don't, decide, do they don't do it because that was what it's for and i for the life of me could never understand it but as far because I think that you know God is like he's the Bible is inherently sex positive. Folks it completely ignore the Song of Solomon like the just the, illust- the illustration and the imagery that's in there is like super erotic like, like a Prince song. <laughs> Yo, like real life, like you like like Calgon take me away. Like you were there reading up some of those translations. You be like what? You be looking Crazy. around like this is in here. But when you talk, when you think of the question about masturbation is like. So there is no specific scripture that I can point to that says masturbation is a sin. Most people talk reach to the scripture about not spilling your seed. Right. But contextually, he was supposed to have sex with his brother's wife and plant a seed to in continue her. the line, right. the family line. Like that was a tradition that he was breaking at that time. So that's what made what he his action problematic, not the actual spilling the seed itself. And it's also not applicable because there's no seed for a woman. So how how does it apply there? And then they were talking about actual sex and not masturbation. Right. So it doesn't necessarily apply, but people will reach. That's like the end. only one I can think of that yeah. people pull from. And yeah, and so and so for me, and then people try to like lump it into sexual immorality mm. with like pornography and other things like that. But when you really have like the the deep conversation of like really look into it, for me, I can't 
give folks permission as to whether it's right or wrong. I can't mm. like say whether it's right or wrong. I can say, like I said, scripturally, I haven't found anything that speaks explicitly against mm. the act itself. However, the thing there are things that are connected to it that that Bible does explicitly speak against, like lust, for example. So if you are lusting or coveting someone else's husband, <clears> and like that. <throat> so if you are thinking about some man that doesn't belong to you right. or some woman that doesn't belong to you while you're masturbating, then the mm-hmm. lust is the problem. If you are, when when you're looking at abstinence, that's a posture of the heart. That's a, a, a sacrifice that you're making unto God and you're depending on him to keep you. So then if you're using masturbation as your go-to, like you don't have to pray about right, it, right, you right. don't have no struggles, like, no, I'm just, I'm good, I'm just going, I get like that, I'm just going to <laughs> knock one out. So then the question is, who's keeping you then? Is, is God keeping you or is the masturbation keeping you? Then we begin to make an idol out of our own bodies because that's how we're maintaining. And then it's like, are you ever really abstinent? I mean, if you look right, at the masturbation, right, right, yeah. Because like, it's like fleeing from all of sexual impurities, if you will. But not, and the thing is that, Folks also struggle with that, like people who aren't Christians, because it's like it's supposed to be shame, and it's my body, and why can't I touch anything? Because I also believe that you should explore your body, mm-hmm. and right. you should know your body. You shouldn't come into a relationship had giving your body to somebody, giving something to somebody that you've not even yeah. looked at. That's like giving yourself. it to Christopher Columbus. Like right. I gotta come discover Yilly. Right. It's just that. <laughs> it's so too like, much. but there's like women who don't even like look at their vulva. Like I recommend, like at the end, at the end of your cycle. Take a mirror, look down there, make sure everything is okay. Be able to identify, you know, your parts and like even like identify like certain pressure points. Like, okay, this hurts. This doesn't. Hurt. <laughs> like, not for the point of not even to the point. Of, like, no, because I was thinking something. I'm just going chill. Nah, because you know, go ahead. Because I was about to go <laughs> far left. It'd be funny with it, but no, go ahead. No, that's interesting, but no, I'm a. I'm a <laughs> but just to be able to see like what's going on there, because the right. thing that we were created beautifully. God took his time when he designed right. us. He gave us the clitoris. So he intended, like even that, if nothing else, God designed our bodies to receive pleasure. Mm. So you to say that sex is only for procreation leaves a part of God's design out. He mm. doesn't waste anything. Mm-hmm. So, so for learning purposes only, okay. should couples masturbate in front of each other? I don't, or I don't try know, that? I don't know if I could say they should. Well, not should, but, but is it, it is... A- it is if that's something that they're into, that could be a very intimate. Right. That could be extremely intimate mm-hmm. because yeah, you know people's like or like even like something that's sensitive to some folks. So some folks mm. are very sensitive about their orgasm face, and so <laughs> in certain spaces like, like if you're. Ah, like, ah, like, ah, ah. <laughs> Right. Whatever that little twitch or whatever is, but if y'all like locked eyes, right. like, you know, doing your thing, mm. and you you know can't yeah. hide from that. That's just like it's like a, <laughs> or even if it's a matter of you show me mm. what you like, right? And, yes, and I can recreate. Right. right. Now that's like, a turn on too. That have happened. That's a turn on. Like you do your thing. Like that's that's actually yeah, a really so the turn thing on. that if so then the answer was like for you if you if you feel like that's a turn on then yes that's something that you should do if that's something that your partner is you know is willing to do does masturbation cause or is it does it contribute to um premature ejaculation during sex like i read that in the book um she comes first Mm -hmm. as well he was saying like when you what i i guess it might depend on how often you masturbate but someone who masturbates does not last as long when having actual intercourse that's not something i've ever heard um, I do, and it's actually the reverse. Like I've heard that there are some men who who have the issue sex. of premature ejaculation that will masturbate first, mm-hmm. and then that will actually help them to prolong in the moment. Now, it may with that situation, it may be it may be an issue of they their body has gotten used to the ma- the masturbation, and mm-hmm. so the new experience. If if for whatever reason sex is a new experience or a new stimuli, then that may cause. A, hmm. but the same thing with with women like we don't they don't think about premature ejaculation with women but like if a woman is using a particular vibrator mm-hmm. on a particular setting consistently mm-hmm. and like that may begin after a while to take longer for her to finish but if you get a new vibrator or new batteries or shift the setting like it may happen a little mm-hmm. you know so it's just a matter of stimuli that because what um, what orgasm happens is when you like remove the blocks or barriers to whatever is 
whatever is keeping you, mm. making you feel good. So you introduce a new stimuli, you're not prepared to like hold down the fort. You're like, right, whoa, right, where right. did that come from? <laughs> like the same thing with like it, um, it, even if someone who doesn't struggle with premature ejaculation, if they are he had a sex or doing something and then mm. their partner like busts a, a move that they right. weren't prepared for, right. they're like, whoa, and then they're like, you know, kind of, it's just a matter of like shifting. But I've learned with some of that stuff, like when a new move or you do something different mm-hmm. to like insects, mm-hmm. it kind of stimulates you and you jump right back in mm-hmm. and like you go like right after you've done you know orgasm you go right back in i mean it just depends on your refractory like, right. like how long it takes some people can get you know be ready to go right. or get in a, a new erection after ejaculation faster than others like some is just done like one and done right right, like, right. You know, that's be like i've been waiting all this time right that's- and it also depends on how much energy was exerted during that first session. Mm-hmm. Like, we just, like, knocked a couple out just for the, like, let's hurry up, let's get this mm-hmm. one off. Like, all right, give me 20 minutes, mm-hmm. then I'm ready. Or, like, if it was just, like, a did we already been doing 45 mm-hmm. minutes, I have nothing left for you after this. So would you encourage couples to go, like, on a sexathon? Like, one day just get rid of the kids and just walk around the house butt naked I mean, all day? I would not encourage it. Like if that's if that's something you could do, do your right. thing. But that may not be that. Like that is something that you quite obviously seem interested <laughs> in because because of we watching you, Friends. It's not sex. We watching be, Friends because of how you prioritize. <laughs> because of how you prioritize sex and how right. sex, where sex sits as far as importance to you. Right. Because that may not be of importance. To some people, that's one of the what is adult thing. One of the other questions that Shamar has in our deck is, if it were only up to you, how often, how many times a week would you have sex? Mm. And so, a lot of times you'll find that partners will differ mm. on that. And so, for some people, one day a what one day a week or one mm. day a month where we just have the sexifying will help me carry on through my nine, my twenty nine other days in right. this month. And I'm good. And some men I've talked to, like, they said, like, if they have sex, like, two days straight or three days straight, like, they good for, like, two weeks. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, if you getting it that much, like, back mm-hmm. to back to back, mm-hmm. you kind of, like, fall back off. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, well, I'm going to be good for about, like, a good week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you like. should be. Yeah, it's like you storing or up. Maybe not, or maybe not. <laughs> or maybe not. Or maybe that's not enough. Like you storing up your walnuts or something okay. for, the, for the winter. You know what I mean? So. It's, it it does happen. So some men, it's not like a every, you know, we got to go like four or five times a yeah. week. Because I realistically, I'm, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't even think I want it that much. Right. Four, that's what I'm saying. Like what you want and what you're talking about and then what you actually right. want to happen. Like in right. practice, like theory versus practice. Because if like, she give it to you, you're going to be like, shit. Right. We got to exactly. go again. Exactly. In theory, you like, man. Right. Like, sounds said, good. I ain't never turned it down. Sounds good. You know, seven days a week, she's like, what's up? I'll be like, like, yo, babe, right. time out. <laughs> Hit me in, coach. Hit me in. Yeah. I mean, that movie where Ray Charles was in the bathroom. Right. Listen, it's crazy. So, you mentioned vibrators recently, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to. Uh, so, how do women, or if men, whoever, go about introducing toys in the bedroom? Because mm-hmm. I know most men that I've talked to, a lot of them are into it, but some mm-hmm. feel like. Well, if it's a, yeah, like if it's a toy in the room, then is, is she going to play with it when I'm not there? I would prefer you, you know, you play with it while I'm not there and before I get there or however you want to do it, to be quite honest with you. So it's just, you know. So that's, that's a delicate situation. And the thing is that just at, start with the question of how do you feel about toys, period. Mm-hmm. And then just get, because there, there's like a knowledge, skills, and attitudes thing. Like, do you know what toys are? Do you know how to use the different ones and like how to take care of them? What, what um, lubricants work and things like that. And then there's the attitude about them all together. Is it something like, I, I've heard from, um, men say like, would she need that for if she got me? <laughs> Or mm-hmm. and then there's like the different like with looking at knowledge like is it knowing the difference between a vibrator and a dildo and I know a lot right. of people who cool with the vibrator but don't want the the dildo because really? that yeah because I mean the dildo is more more reminiscent of an actual right. actual piece and I know some women who don't like dildos will but prefer a vibrator so it really just depends on what you want so once you get a clear understanding of each other's position on toys period and then talk about what um 
what options are there and what what you're trying to get from the toy. Like, is it a matter of using the toy to provide the clitoral stimulation during the penetration so that that'll, you know, leave some hands free or whatever? Or, you know, or is it like you want to try something new and, like, do the partner vibe, right. which... Is it only for you? Is it for both of us? Is like you know who's going to maintain them? Who's going to clean like all of those those kind of things? Whose drawer are they going to be? And who's going to responsible for the batteries? Like little stuff like that. Or do we want like one where you want to get high tech? Like I like there's some underwear that you can wear. Women can wear. Candy got them right. I've tried them. Yeah. Who can, can you can control them from the phone? Mm-hmm. Or even like there's times where um, there's an app that you can use for like long distance play and stuff like that. So that's what I'm saying. Are we using this? While we have sex together, are we using this when we're apart? Like, what is, what is it? But then also, your feelings on if I'm using a toy that and you're not a part of it at all. Like, do you have issue with that? And so just like again, like just like we talk about anything else, just like lay it all out and then study together, figure it out, go to the store together if that's something that you're comfortable with. Yeah, it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know you are on a time restraint or constraint. Um, so we do thank you for coming today. Um, if someone wanted to reach out to you, they could find you on social media, correct? Yes. At, I know on um, Instagram, it's the Intimacy Firm. Yes, it's, the, on, it's, Intimacy the, it's firm. the Intimacy Firm on everything. Okay. On Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, my Gmail, my email is the, um, the Intimacy Firm at Gmail. My website is theintimacyfirm.com. Make sure y'all go um, check and get out the ebook e-guide. right. Get the e guide off of there, right, right, right. I got mine, and didn't get me one, but that's cool. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in. Yay! This is Kareem, and this is Karel, and this is just our two cents. Well, that's it. That's our show for today. Make sure you follow us on Instagram to join a conversation about this week's episode. And subscribe to Just My Two Cents Podcast to catch all new episodes. Wait, you mean to tell me it's over? I gotta wait the next week? Oh, man.